welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here with another album review this week. You're covering an album by Scorpions. Is it Scorpions or The Scorpions? I've seen it both ways. Um, it actually rips as Scorpions, which is interesting because I, I thought for sure they were The Scorpions. But in any case, Scorpions, and this album is, of course, Animal Magnetism, released in 1980. The first time I recall hearing the Scorpions was a little song called No One Like You. That was in the, uh, you know, the earlier MTV years. That was the first connection I made to them. Very possible. I had heard them previously, but this is the first song that I remember going, oh, there's this band, Scorpions, and they did this song called No One Like You. And I think it was in a prison. I think the video was in a prison or something. Um, in any case, a great album that was on Blackout. But as I went back and uh, grabbed a couple other albums through their back catalog, and it's really weird because I only own three albums by this band. Uh, Love Drive, which I covered, like I said, a couple years ago, uh, Blackout, and then Animal Magnetism, which I'm covering today. Um, but, you know, they're, they're a band for me that I like their stuff. And there's some songs that I absolutely adore but from album to album to album, they kind of really seem like the same band to me. I don't really see a lot of growth. Almost everything is about love or sex. There's not really a lot um, intellectually to cover, although we do have a, a pretty cool song in this album that uh, that we're going to cover. And it's not that they're not very good at what they do because they are. But to me, it's other than these albums, I, I very rarely... You know, I'm never like, hey, I really wonder what these guys are up to these days. I really want to hear their new album. They're just one of those bands that I found what I liked and I heard some other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really hold up to the stuff I know and just kind of let it go from there. So, you know, as it seems like I say almost every every week, I should dig into some more of their stuff and see, because if I like these three albums this much, there's probably some other stuff that I like out there as well. I know there's some stuff on Love at First Sting that I like. Um, and some other singles that I've heard from them. So, um, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll give them a shot one of these days. Why wouldn't I? I just haven't yet. That's all. Uh, still have plenty of life to go yet. So there's, uh, you know, there's time. Our first song on this album that we're going to get into, and there are some real gems. There are some songs I absolutely adore on this album. And there's a couple songs I could, you know, I could kind of be without. Um, the opener to the album is is one of them, not one of my favorites but it's called Make It Real. So as an album opener, it's not bad. It kind of sets a good tone for where you're going. They're not coming out um, really hot and heavy at 180 miles an hour. Um, it's it's a well-tempoed opener. And I think about um, going back to Love Drive and thinking about their, the opener on that one, Loving You Sunday Morning. 
kind of the same thing. It's like we're we're really just going to wake you up and and say, hey, look over here with the first song. Although I love loving you Sunday morning. I think it's a fantastic song. This one for me is just kind of blah. Um, I don't really feel a lot of energy coming from the vocals. It's a good riff. Um, it's got some some nice parts to it. But for the most part, it's just kind of like, all right, everybody, I, I know you're half asleep. So we're just going to wake you up for this song before we really get into the album. Um, just my opinion. There's nothing wrong with the track. It just, you know, it's just not one I really feel. So most of the time when I start uh, listening to the album, I'll start uh, in a couple of songs. Um, our second song, I hate this title. I'm just going to be honest. I hate this title. It is Don't Make No Promises, and then in parentheses, Your Body Can't Keep. I mean, I know this is the early 80s, and I'm looking at this really like 23 years, almost a quarter of a century later, and a lot of things that um, you know were new or fresh in the 80s are really kind of cliche and, and yucky now, and that for me is one of them. I just, you know, I don't know. If it was just Don't Make No Promises, and then they said in the song Your Body Can't Keep, I'd probably be less annoyed with it. But I mean, you know, it doesn't really need to be in the title. That just makes it so obvious that this is already an uphill battle for me to like the song. As it turns out, well, I'll tell you after I play it. Here's a little clip. just noticed something for the first time in all these years of listening to this album. And maybe it's because I usually skip this track, but much like I compared the opener to the opener from the other album, uh, Loving You Sunday Morning, I just realized that this song kind of compares to the second song on Love Drive as well. It's another piece of meat. Starts out with that snare hit, you know, that double snare hit of Flam, and then uh, goes into the song, and the tempo is uh, moderate and then fast, and then moderate and then fast. Um, and if I'm right on the line, it was fading out. It's uh, He comes out into that next verse, starting with, she said, and he did the same thing in another piece of meat. So maybe there's a little bit of a pattern to how they structure their albums, whether it's conscious or, or subconscious, or maybe these were the only two albums and that just happened to be coincidence. I don't know. But it's not, you know, it's not uncommon for a band to have like a moderate tempo first song, an explosive second song, or they do it vice versa. So maybe this is just kind of their formula. I've never really noticed that before. The song itself, however, um, it's okay. It's it's kind of, um, I don't know, just, just another one that really doesn't resonate a whole lot with me. It's an album filler track. So we're two songs in, and for me, both of the the songs that start the album off are, are filler. You usually want to start off with a song that's going to be like really catchy and powerful in one way or another, whether it's because it has like a killer grinding tempo or because it's just got some great riff or something memorable about it. Um, you know, you really want to set a good tone. 
And so far, uh, for me, the first couple songs, not um, not a big fan. Fortunately, because I know this album, I can say that there will be some balance in it for me, uh, for sure. There's a couple songs on here that are, you know, like uh, all-time favorite songs for me. Um, definitely, at the very least, in my top million. Um, but yeah, so uh, Don't Make No Promises, um, it's okay. You know, if if I were... If I were to hear it on the radio, I may or may not change the station. If I were at a party and it was playing, I wouldn't walk out of the house until it was over. Um, but I would never be like, God, I've really got to hear this song. It's just in my head. I got to hear it. You know, uh, never going to be me for that track. And that's OK, because now we're up to track three. And this one is called Hold Me Tight. <laughs> This one's pretty good. I, I like it. It certainly shows that this band knows how to write a song that they allow to breathe, to not be just crammed with notes um, and at a very patient tempo. And this is going to relate to uh, another song on the album. When we get there, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But I, I do love the fact that they are really good at controlling tempos. You know, a lot of bands that do this kind of stuff, most of the songs are at least uh, moderately quick, if not uh, upbeat, I would say somewhere in that range. And then uh, switching to maybe a fast part here and there. Um, but not a lot of bands can do this kind of tempo and really make you feel it. You know, like I feel almost like I'm inside the amp with that guitar riff. It's so good. Um, and I love that it's not like it, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of low end on this album. It doesn't sound really deeply heavy. The bass comes through like the mix is really good, but the guitar doesn't have to be like low end chunky kind of thing. It's um, it's it's more in the mid ranges with some stuff in the upper ranges. And I, I really like that. Um, there's just something about the way that they write songs that uh, I really do enjoy the uh, the range that they play in. Um, great vocal from Klaus, especially on this song. Um, this one's definitely a, uh, a much bigger hit than the first two. As far as I'm concerned, the album really starts here, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to discourage anybody else from, from liking the first two songs. I can only say that I don't, and everybody's got their taste. Obviously the band liked it. The producer liked it. The record company didn't say, um, get this crap off the album. So obviously, you know, I, I'm alone in this as far as the production is concerned. They made it to the album. You know, they must have been enough quality for everyone to feel that they deserved a spot on the album. For me, I'm just like, yeah, if they would have been in the middle of the album, maybe I would feel differently about them. But to be the two that kick it off, um, not so much fan. I would say this is a song that you probably could have opened the album with as well. I think Hold Me Tight would have worked out um, just fine as, a, as an opener. 
So our next song, track four, is a song that is a little bit of a departure from the uh, the love and sex general theme of the band. And, you know, I'm not picking on them when I say that. There's there's plenty of bands that have made a good living mostly singing about that, about relationships. You know, um, Whitesnake would be a perfect example. I mean, that's 95% of Whitesnake's catalog is about getting somebody into bed or a relationship or love or, you know, something like that. That's That's their bread and butter. And that's fine. Um, with the Scorpions, though, I just think from album to album, there's like a good song here and a good song there. But musically, they just kind of stayed in the same lane, whereas Whitesnake developed and grew and changed here and there. Um, not always for the better, in my opinion, but um, that's just my taste. I'm not a big, fast solo screeching guitar kind of guy. And they they definitely got into that for a while. Um, but they they changed direction here and there. Everything I've heard from the Scorpions, from their earlier stuff to their more modern stuff, they really just stayed in that wheelhouse. And that's fine. Um, it's just for me, I, I wanted to see a little more variety out of them. But this next song, 20th Century Man, is at least about something different. Um, musically, it's on par, but um, lyrically, it's kind of just about dealing with uh, technology as it grows. There was another song, and I'm not sure which album it's on. It might have been Love at First Sting, but uh, along those lines was a song called Media Overkill. Um, it was a technological advance because they used a lot of studio sounds and trickery and things to to make the song what it was. But it also dealt with like this this modern massive, and this was before social media. I mean, this is before um, it might have even been before the internet, if I remember right. But yeah, because I think it came out when I was still in high school. But um, it uh, it just deals with like the mass media because we'd had like multiple news channels. By then we had cable, which had more news channels and uh, and that. But this one just kind of really deals with just being a, a man in modern day society and dealing with technology. And um, it's a pretty cool song. It's called 20th Century Man. play a little bit longer of a clip than I normally do. I usually play about a minute these days, um, but I wanted you to hear the chorus because the chorus is really cool and um, thought that might um, show you that, you know, the song was just more than that verse. But I love the, the opening, first of all, killer bass guitar sound. I absolutely love that. Um, another patient riff, you know, not one that's really stretched out and has a lot of room to breathe, but it's played very patiently. Um, they really are not a rush to get you through the song, which I like. 
uh, has a great tempo to it. Um, there's a nice tambourine track that I actually suspect was programmed and not um, not a real person, but I don't know. It could have been. It just I don't know. It just sounds so perfectly consistent where you can where it cuts through that it sounds more programmed to me uh, on a drum machine than anything else. But I like it uh, regardless of how it was done. Perfectly well could have been a player who just has a really good hand control. I don't know. Um, but yeah, really cool song. I like uh, I like the harmonized vocals in the chorus. I like the tempo of it. Um, I, I kind of like that it stops after the chorus and then comes back in and it does that going into the solo. There's a great guitar solo on this one. Uh, yeah, great feel to the song. I really, really dig it. Um, that one could have been like if, so if they had opened with Hold Me Tight and then had 20th Century Man as the second track, that would have worked. Cause again, you know, you're starting with a little bit slower of a song and then going into something that's a little bit upbeat, which is kind of their thing. Um, those two songs would have worked just as well, if not a little bit better to me. Um, but in any case, they did what they did. That's 20th Century Man. And there you have it. Our next song is another one of just my all time favorite songs. I absolutely love this song dearly. I have a great number of memories, um, especially in the wintertime. I remember. OK, so I would um, the last like two or three maybe two years that we lived in Michigan um, on Christmas Eve specifically, I remember um, sitting on my floor and doing stretching exercises while listening to the album, deep purple songs like chasing shadows, blind bird is flown, that sort of thing. I think I talked about that on that episode. And then, um, or have I even done that one yet? I don't remember. Maybe I haven't done that one yet, but in any case uh, I would do that. And I would just have like a string of Christmas lights on would be the only thing that was on in the room enough for me to see my stopwatch to know how long I've been stretching, when to change position. Um, and then while I was relaxing after my stretching, uh, I would lay down on the bed and I would, this would be one of the songs that I would listen to because it just has like a calming feeling to it. Um, it's very passionate, very emotional, but it definitely has like a winter late at night, the snows gently falling down. You can see it through the window um, yeah, it just, it just has that feeling to me and the guitars, they have like a warmth to them, which kind of feels like they represent the Christmas lights. I know I'm getting like really abstract right now, but, um, those are some of the memories that I have associated with the song. It's an absolute, absolutely beautiful song. The story of the song does place, take place in the wintertime. So that probably helps. And I was growing up in Michigan, uh, when I'm talking about these memories, so um, certainly, you know, Christmas Eve, Michigan, there's going to be snow, or at least back then there was. So here is a little bit of our song, Lady Starlight.
Yeah, it's such a beautiful song. Um, there's a really beautiful part at the end. Drums come in, but you know the drums on this album aren't very heavy, which I think work for this song because if they were too big and boomy, um, which we were kind of not quite there since this came out in '80, we weren't to those big booming '80s drums yet. Um, but if the snare was like really big or the kick was like really big and, and boomy or even really punchy, um, I don't think it would work. I think it would overpower the song. So the fact that we have a fairly um, dry drum set that isn't overbearing um, allow the end of this song to work. Otherwise, it, it would just, I don't know, the whole thing would have to be heavier. It would really be out of balance. But in any case, drums come in. There's a, a very um, patient beat again with the patience. Um, and guitar solos that play over until the song fades out. Very, very well done. Um, there's a nice repeating pattern in there as well um, that kind of um, you know, replaces the chorus. But it's it's such a great song. I mean, I would say, you know, all-time classic uh, ballads or love songs, however you want to put it. Um, I would love to see this on that list because I think it belongs there. I don't know if this was released as a single or not, but if it wasn't, it should have been. That's for sure. Um, and, and it's funny cause I'm, I'm, you know, as I'm listening to the song and, and setting up the clip for you guys, I'm actually like going back in my mind to my, my bedroom in Michigan, sitting in front of the closet door, hoping nobody opened the door to my room cause they were adjacent. And I was right in front of it cause I didn't have a lot of floor space, um, with the way my room was set up at that time and the red Christmas lights on wearing the, uh, the white pants of my martial arts gi and probably, um, either a pearl shirt or more likely my sleeveless uh, Zildjian shirt or possibly my sleeveless Cedar Point shirt, which I loved very much and wore until it basically uh, fell apart in small pieces of cloth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember I, I got that um, one of the last times we went to Cedar Point. It was when I went on the corkscrew and I just loved the shirt and had to have it. And uh, that was back when you could get a shirt at an amusement park for like six ninety nine. Um, six dollars and ninety nine cents. Um, unlike now, where they're pretty much the price of a family meal. Um, but yeah, beautiful song. Uh, I hope that you guys go back and listen to the full song, even if you don't listen to any other songs on this album. Definitely check out that one and all the other ones. Um, our next song is called "Falling in Love." I would say that this song would have made a great opener uh, for the album for sure. Um, definitely would have set a tone. Um, it's not bad in the position that it's it, that it's in, but uh, tempo-wise and everything, I think this would have been a good opening song. Um, yeah, I like this one. Um, not uh, not one that I would uh, skip or anything if I were listening to the whole album. 
but not one that I'm like, I really want to hear the song and I go right to it. Whereas 20th Century Man, Lady Starlight and uh, and one other track are ones that I would like just listen to even on their own um, perfectly fine. But it's it's good. I like that muted guitar sound. I don't know if that's a slight delay or what they have on it that's giving it just the sound it is. Maybe a very dense reverb, um, but it sounds really good. I like that. There's some great notes from Klaus on this one. Um, some really good high harmonies that are uh, I, that were notes I didn't really know he could reach, to be honest. But I really like this song. I, I like what I hear. It's got a good feel to it. Um, again, they're not in a rush to get you through this to the next song. They're just like, hey, kid, you're in the car. Let's just enjoy the ride. And they they do take you on a good ride on this one. One that I would I would have to say I, I highly enjoy. Um, our next song is called Only a Man. Well, you know, it is hard being a long time apart, but it's you that I love, don't you see? And when I go away, you say, please stay okay. I want you to stay only with me. Well, you know, it is hard. All these girls are so smart, and they see me all over the place. When they phone me at night, ask me out for a fight. You know, I was thinking about it, and I don't know if this is a phrase that is in the modern day vernacular. Um, this is a phrase only a man was basically like, look, I, I'm only one man. I can only do one thing or I can only do so much or, you know, whatever the it, they were relating to in the response, because it was always like a responding or defensive phrase almost. Um, but it seems like nowadays, boy, if you say that, it's like, well, you're not macho enough. What do you mean? You're only a man. No, you're a man. You know, you, you got to be able to do it all. Uh, otherwise, you're not a man. All this stupid society bullshit that we have programmed into our heads by people that just um, really don't have anything else to offer. And that is the sad case. But this song, it's a good song. Um, I love the opening. I love that they didn't drown those acapella vocals in reverb because they easily could have. Um, just a, a nice little bit of reverb to show that they weren't in a dead space is basically all you got. So it felt um, it felt alive and not like it was recorded in a studio, but it didn't feel like you were, you know, like he was singing in a cathedral, uh, which which really, really worked for the opening because the album overall is a bit dry. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it works very well for the way that the album is. But, uh, you know, nowadays there would be at least two or three times the amount of reverb on that. The snare would probably be you know, punched up and, um, you know, cracking in your ear. It would be a whole different sounding album, which is one of the things I love about these older albums is that they they were recorded with personality. For one, every album sounds kind of its own way, although the Scorpions did get a pretty consistent sound in the studio from one album to another, um, you know, thinking about like animal magnetism to, you know, Love Drive. You know, the albums sound very similar, almost like they were recorded you know, within a couple of weeks of each other uh, without having moved the equipment, just in different sessions. 
Um, but uh, so, so I love that. I love the fact that it doesn't have that big, huge sound. I love the fact that the music is not brick wall level because they didn't have that back then. Um, it just has a really good, warm sound to it. And I'm doing these off of the CD versions. So these were uh, off of digitized versions. If I had the album to play off of, um, which is on my list, I'm, I'm sure it would sound um, even better. I can't remember because I haven't heard it off the album in, well, let's see, when did we leave Michigan? 88, so uh, a damn long time. Um, I, I hate to think about the fact that that's creeping up on, uh, what, 35 years? Or 40, I don't know, uh, 35 years, I think. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. But uh, Only a Man is, is a good song. It's another one that uh, I wouldn't skip. Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm playing through the album, I'm happy to listen to it. Um, our second to last song is called The Zoo. Nice slow gallop on its way through this song. Uh, another one where I really love that uh, that same sort of muted guitar tone. Um, nice and crunchy, but doesn't feel like heavily distorted or overbearing. It's just just really really enjoyable to listen to. And of course, that slow gallop pace. Uh, gotta love that. Uh, great vocal from uh, from Klaus on this one. Um, again, another song that really shows their patience. You know, they're a band that that they have their songs where they play up tempo. Um, but man, when they, when they want to lay back and, uh, and just be in the groove, they can certainly do it. Um, yeah, this is a really powerful track. Um, I, I've always enjoyed this. I, this is, I think, I think this might've been the first one I heard on the album, if I'm not mistaken. And the reason I bought the album, that sounds right to me. If, if my memory is serving me correct, these many, many, many years ago, um, did have this on vinyl, which I, I loved very much, had it uh, brand new. As I recall, uh, going to the record, I think I, I, I think I actually remember going to the record store and picking this up. Um, would have been um, probably record time down on Gratiot, if I remember right. Um, could be mistaken, though, you know, uh, got a lot of albums there. But in any case, great song, um, one that I enjoy very much. Hopefully you do, too. And that's going to bring us to our final track on the album. Um, this one, I have a lot to say about it. So I'm just going to play you a little bit of the song. I'm not going to start from the beginning because this is a very, very slow song and, uh, it takes a long time to get where it's going. So I'm just going to start it way more in the middle and, uh, you'll get a better gist of the song from that point. Here is a little bit of the title track, Animal Magnetism.
This one comes in at 5 minutes and 57 seconds, very patient all the way through to the end. I mean, if if there were a song that defined patient playing, it would be this one. If you were to make a love-making mixtape, this should be every song on it. Uh, it it's, it's perfect. Uh, just an absolutely incredible song. I think this is one where, honestly, I mean, it wouldn't have fit in continuity with the album, but they could have had like much heavier sounding drums on like a big, big booming kick and a, and a, you know, very reverb snare and really made a huge sounding song. And that could have worked, but I really like the way they did it. I mean, there's nothing, not a note, not a drop of EQ. I would change about this song at all. I think it's absolutely perfect. Um, this is one that I have listened to just many, many times. It's an exercise, especially as a drummer, in really just laying back and playing for the song. I don't think there's there's hardly a drum fill in it. Um, I think it's just coming out of that um, make love to me right now, love me till I die. I think that's the only time that there's drum fills in this whole song. Um, I have to go back and listen to the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure, and even then I think it's pretty sparse. Um, so for a drummer, this song is just about playing the groove, nothing more. Um, just really being right in the pocket with the bass player. Again, for the bass player, it's also another test in laying back and relaxing and, and just being where you need to be. And the guitars carry it. I really love the um, the rhythm of the guitar. It almost feels like that da 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 almost feels like something uh, I could hear Richie Blackmore playing um, in the background of something. Um, he just has that fluid way of playing that... Um, you don't necessarily even pick out or understand all the notes he's playing. You just go along for the ride and just kind of enjoy the sound. But it's a really good riff. Um, incredible vocals from Klaus. Some really nice layering there in the uh, in a couple of parts. Um, some really powerful, almost like, um, I don't know if it's cries of desperation or cl- cries of pleasure, but there's a couple of notes in there, you know, during the verses where, boy, you just really feel something. Um, really intense. It's it's honestly like this and Lady Starlight, two of my all-time favorite songs. Um, this is the other song that I was alluding to when I said there are songs on this album that I would just pick up this one song and listen to and be perfectly happy and not even listen to the rest of the album and just take it on its own as it was. Um, definitely a favorite. Uh, if you're not playing this with your girl when you're making out in the car, um, I don't know, do people still do that? <laughs> is that even a thing anymore in 2023? I don't know. Uh, but wherever, uh, you should be playing it because, um, boy, if that doesn't get her in the mood or him in the mood, they do not have a soul. They just don't. Uh, or maybe they do and they're just not attuned to this kind of music. That's also very possible. So be the person that you are, have whatever kind of soul you have. But for me, absolutely amazing song. Um, what, what I would say is one of the best performed songs in history, or at least of all the however many hundreds of thousands of songs I've heard in my life. Um, but overall, excellent album. Um, I think, you know, looking at it now, I would say, you know, there's only nine songs on the album. It wouldn't have been unheard of to only have seven. Um, the first track is th- almost four minutes. The second one is almost three minutes. So 
you know, you really, you would lose about seven minutes, maybe add one other track or keep one of these and put it in the middle. But other than the first two songs, it's a, it's a pretty damn good album. The other two are just okay for me. Um, not, not favorites, not ones I usually listen to. I think, um, when I originally put this on cassette to listen to in the car, I probably just fast forwarded through them and then re-recorded the cassette, to be honest. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Uh, really, really good album. I don't know if I'll uh, cover Blackout at some point on the show. That's another good album. Uh, but I've already covered Animal Magnetism and Love Drive. Um, I may I may cover a couple of the singles on some of the compilation shows that I plan on doing down the road after I've gotten through all of the albums. We'll see. I, you know, the show's got uh, quite a ways to go. So we'll uh, we'll see where things are at at that point. Until then, guys, that's this show for this week. Enjoy. I don't know if there's going to be a Saturday show this week or not, because I'm recording like three weeks ahead. And, uh, you know, sometimes those are last minute. So as of right now, I have nothing scheduled, but you never know. Also, um, if you haven't noticed, I have random day uh, episodes that are released. Those are when I do reviews for companies like Cherry Red Records. And whatever day their new releases come out is when I release that podcast. So those are not uh, scheduled by me as much as they are whatever the release date for the album I'm reviewing is. So um, so keep an, an ear out for those or an eye out for those on your podcast outlet. Um, obviously, the, the website's uh, updated uh, when episodes come out, but you're probably going to see it on your podcast player before anywhere else. So thanks for joining me through this walk through the Scorpions album, Animal Magnetism, definitely a winner in my book. And enjoy. Go listen to the whole thing. Go buy it iTunes, Amazon, wherever you want, record store. Um, I've got the links in the show notes, not to your local record store, but to iTunes and Amazon. Have a great week, guys. Cheers. Cheers.